All right, here, here we go. This is it. Uh, this is better after some massive sound difficulties. This is take 27. <laughs> um, we recorded this podcast in full four times so far this morning. No, 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 no. Um, You're j- you just moved to the corner again. Okay, I am You're not comfortable. We're, we're, we're sitting... <laughs> Um, in the closet. Down in a closet, um, and Julie is afraid I'm going to hit my head, which I, which I do on on frequent occasions. You've gotten better about that, mm, I think. <laughs> I might or not just be don't reporting. See you as often. <laughs> Anywho, so things have been going on. Uh, we are. I what, what ment- we... my mental health is deteriorating. <laughs> Julie is on a Xanax and Zoloft drip. No, I'm not. Would you quit saying that? Sorry, I just think it's a funny <laughs> idea. <laughs> I think a lot of people are would, would be better off walking down the street just like... Maybe I'd feel better if I was, Maybe, but I'm I, not. Seriously, right? Um, I don't know what it's all about, but I do... I am finally moved into my new studio, and I... Um, Fabulous As spot. soon as I get started... I've started a few things, um, but I haven't really fully engaged so and once I do I I'm certain my mental health will improve <laughs> I did real I did notice I started a new big piece and um as soon as I started it literally like as soon as I took paintbrush to canvas I felt it was like a portal of life force I'm not kidding yeah it that's was, your thing man that's that's and, where it like, happens I felt like tired and kind of out of it and untethered and lost. Well, you had, you (laughs) you were so like in the other studio and then we had to leave, you had to leave it. And so it's been like, you know, six weeks without a home to kind of have that portal. Yeah. Now you're you're reestablishing it. And And I don't mean to sound like a a big, big baby, but um, it had an effect on me anyway. But as soon as I started creating this new piece, Ooh, I felt I felt the energy. I felt the, um, the you know, I, I felt grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, so I got to get back to it. Right, and you can get back to it today. Yep, as soon as we're done recording, right yep. here. Yes. Yeah. Um, our friends Chad and Tiffany had an anniversary. Yep. They've been married for forty-five years. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven years, and um, and we went out to dinner. We had a great time. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, kids. Who were there when they got engaged? Yeah. They got engaged up in Door County, Wisconsin. Yeah. And um, interesting story about how they got engaged. This, or this we is, were there right after they got engaged. But this is the ambition of our, our friend Chad. Um, he and another guy drove up to Door County, four hours from Chicago, decorated this cabin. Then Chad came home. The day before, wait, I think I have this this right. The day before, he flew to Columbus, Ohio, asked Tiffany's parents in person whether, you know, for her hand in marriage, flew back to Chicago. He and John the next day drive up to Door County, four hours, decorate the cabin, uh, put the champagne on ice. They drive back down to Chicago. Chad acts as if he's been working Picks up Tiffany. They drive up to Door County and get engaged, and there's this big celebration. And then we go up there. And then we go up there and we meet them. So yeah. I mean, what a what a, a a remarkable thing. Yeah. We just went on a boat. <laughs> By the way, I I um 
for those of you who are Lonely Island fans, um, I watch, you might have heard me last night. So I, as I get ready at night, I often watch video of different things. And last night I stumbled upon Lonely I- the Lonely Island Trio with Andy Sandberg. Yeah. Um, and I watched I'm on a Boat. No, I didn't hear it. I fell asleep. I got to tell you, it remains one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh my I mean, God. I was laughing so hard. I was crying last night. It is so funny. And and the setup is not what I remembered it being, which it was so uh, recommended viewing. I'm on a boat. I'll check it out. Yep. Anything Lonely Island is is brilliant, but I'm on a boat. Is, uh, listener uh, guidance suggested. It is not suitable for children unless every single swear word is okay. Oh, God. Because <laughs> they, they literally use all of them every time they're speaking. So, But it's great. It's really great. Anyway, we went to the Printer's Row Lit Fest. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we saw... First, we saw these three fiction authors talking. Um, that was cool, That was right? very cool. That was, a, that was a great surprise. They, they, were, all, they were all crime... Like thriller, thriller writers. Thriller, yeah, crime thriller writers. Yeah, murder, 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 murder. And um, yeah, that was fa- that was surprising and fascinating because we just plopped down. We didn't even know who was talking, and we were, I think we went to read all their books. Well, because our friend was was um, doing the next presentation, yeah. so we just got good seats. Um, but this, it was really interesting to hear. There are times when I get frustrated with fiction, um, thinking like, you know, I don't have the patience for plot. But to hear fiction writers talking, you realize how, how what an art form it is to write good fiction. And the, and, and the moderator, first of all, a shout out to a good moderator and interviewer, because this guy, this could have been a shit show, right? These are three different authors who write in three different styles, but he was able to kind of talk about uh, the protagonists and the nature of the point of view of the protagonist, including the unreliable protagonist, which that was my favorite moment, is when uh, that one guy was so jacked up about like, you know, okay, you're being told a story and you realize at some point early on, oh, I can't trust the person telling me the story. Oh, right, right, right. I can't trust my narrator. Shit, I got to figure this out on my own as a reader. And that is the most clever shit ever. And the, and just the research that these people do or don't do. They were really funny about that too. Because yeah. like, you know, their aversion to research it was was hilarious. The, the moderator at one point, somebody asked him like, you know, um, you describe in such detail how what happens when one car sideswipes another car? Uh, how did you know that? Like, what type of research did you do? He said, and I watched him shrink when I told him, oh, I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, and then and then our, our friend Heidi Stevens interviewed her friend, um, who she works with, Dr. Dana, help me out here. Suskind? Suskind, yes. And... They're, they they talked about Dana's book. Yeah, she's writing a book called Parent Nation. And yeah. it's about the importance of brain development from birth to age three years old. That's when 85% of it happens. And um, 
Stunning. People are sort of left to their own devices um, during those years. They they absolutely are. And um, so it's it's a lot of research about what about the brain and about the importance of the development and how we might um, be more supportive of one another to get kids what they need during those years. And it would, you know, it would, it would impact our whole society. Yeah. You know, right. ultimately. Um, so yeah, it was pretty fascinating. She's a cochlear implant surgeon. Yeah. And she, uh, yeah, she, it, her, her story is really interesting, but, uh, Parent Nation, uh, you can pre-order it and 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 look it up and see what it's all about. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty fascinating. Yeah. And and her and her previous book is called Thirty Million Words, and that's that talks about. I mean, her, her you you can tell that her work as a surgeon informs her work because she kind of talks there about how some children in the first few years of life hear thirty million more words than others, and if 85% of development happens in those early years, you know, some kids are getting just not enough, just period, not enough brain development. Yeah. And, you know, and neurologically, you know, the, the rough news there is you can't really fully catch up. If 85% of development happens in those first few years, we need to support parents during this time where, like you said, the only professionals that lay eyes on a kids are like doctors or pediatricians, bring pediatricians, which, which is, yeah, would be a good point of contact. But I don't think people really think about it. I mean, a lot of people do. Obviously, there's been a lot of research, but I don't think most people grasp that. I didn't. Um, and I didn't until she said it, and then I was like, oh, right, right. You know, kids aren't in school until thing. so much later. Um, and then I would throw out just, um, we'll move on, but as a reminder, you know, if you have babies, I notice a lot of parents and I get it. There's a lot of, if you're, when you're with littles, there's some, some downtime that can be, um, boring sort of sometimes. Frustratingly boring, right? <laughs> but, but, um, uh, if you are always looking at your phone and, and not your baby and not in your baby's eyes, like, you know, we used to walk, I mean, this is not you know, we were better than anyone now. If if I would have had an iPhone as I pushed a stroller uh, with a bait, with an infant, I might have been looking at it too. Or like my, I see parents at parks on their phone while their kid's just playing and I get the temptation. But that's when a lot of the brain development, the neural pathways are, are fired, created, is when they're infants. So that talking, that eye contact, right? And the saying of the words and the, you know, the communication and connection is really key. Yeah, where the brain just lights up on a scan, right? Because it's completely engaged, thoroughly engaged. That's, yeah. that's, that's what we're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking about, you know, and this is, this is an interesting segue. Because as they were talking, I was thinking like of the kids I work with who are teenagers who are suffering anxiety and depression and attention issues and stuff like that. And I wonder like, well, I wonder what impact that early work will have on, you know, those kids, you know, let, let's say, let's say they create this broad sweeping movement 15 years from now, 
how different is a 15 year old going to be, right? If they're, if, if we're tending to that development, um, more vigorously, I, I think culturally, there's so yeah, many and there's so there's other factors many, that drive. Factors, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that was interesting. It was. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was happening. That was, uh, open air kind of situation. Yeah. So it was like felt safe and everything. Um, so one thing I thought we might talk about is this is the time of year. Um, and this is like a frequent topic, I think, on this podcast where I can hear the fragility of families arising, re recurring. Um, yeah, John's gotten you know, a lot of messages. Yeah. Uh, so, so crisis and, calls. Yeah. <laughs> lately. Yeah, yeah, like literally emergency crisis, like, um, you know, uh, in the last two weeks, and this is true every, like, you know, beginning of the school year, but with, th this is a weird beginning of a school year, right? Because kids are back in school full time right now, um, masked in most places, but they haven't had a normal school year in a very long time, you know? Um, a senior in high school or a senior in college has only had one normal year, freshman year. Whoa. Dig it. Do you hear that you know dog I mean? barking? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Juniors haven't had any. Sophomores haven't had any. You know what I mean? In, in their tenure, right? You know what I mean? If you're in middle school, you haven't had any, period. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, so kids who are like got got really acclimated to being at home and and that was their comfort zone and um to the point of school like a phobia right you know a refusal and almost almost something akin to agoraphobia sets in and so now we're pressing these kids like okay now we're getting up at 6 30 in the morning and you're going into school full-time you better sign up for something extracurricular and all of a sudden like you know, wake up, you know, wake up and it's full on right now, you know? Well, it, it's full on, but it's also they're like masked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which has, listen, it, it, in some schools that aren't air conditioned, that bugs some kids, but most kids would say it, it feels like a pretty normal school year, Really? which is, yeah, which is good and bad, right? I mean, because some kids don't feel ready for it. Right. So, and so... So um, what I would encourage parents to do is, first of all, you got you to gotta take the idea of crisis and emergency out of your vernacular unless you are in an emergent crisis, which you probably are not. You know what I mean? Like, so if your child is safe physically, you know, that that's the metric is health and safety, right? So you're probably not in crisis if your child is safe. And if you bring crisis to the situation, if you're, let's say your kid isn't engaging in school, isn't getting back to you, isn't, um, uh, doesn't seem to be trying or is suffering some anxiety and depression, those are situations you can address. There are tools that you can use to address those situations. And if you take a few deep breaths, 
you can look at it that way. I know it's your kid. And when your kid's having a hard time, man, it's hard not to fall apart. We've all been there, right? Um, but if you bring crisis to it, your kid's going to elevate too. You're, it's going to make things worse, not better. That, that almost certainly is the case. So to the extent that the next couple of months, you can maintain some sense of calm, then your kid might be able to find footing on top of that. You know what I mean? Like, so that's something I encourage in parents. Yeah. I mean, I get it's challenging. Everyone's messed up from all we've been through and it's hard to find. I know I speaking from <laughs> personal experience, it's hard to find your centering. Like all humans, I think are going through it now. So it's, it's gotta be extra challenging when your kids are, you know, going through some kind of a struggle and, um, you have to be the, um, the rudder, right? Like, yes. And, um, to the point that more than one parent has made to me lately, parenting isn't always easy. And, and, and that, that's something that, um, I probably do not afford people often enough, right? You know, like it is hard to parent a kid right now. It is yeah. really hard. There's so many variables and elements. If you, if you just look at the title of my last book, right? It suggests like, you know, we got a new teen, completely different than, than what kids used to be like. And we have this age of anxiety and that's kind of pervasive. Our kids, us, we're all anxious. We're all heightened. We're all in it, you know, together in this weird anxious soup where you've got COVID and you were looking at screens too much and there's vaping and there's like, you know, freaking another anniversary of September 11th. So, you know, so we're sad and, you know, like, no, it's, you it's, know, it, we were, we're in an onslaught we're in an all onslaught. the time. And, and so I we will barely say, ever hear ourselves breathe. And I will say, like, I realize, first of all, most of us, many of us, as long as our kids are happy, we're happy. Like, it's not that simple, but it kind of is. Um, well, I think it's almost that simple. I mean, for most right? Of us. Yeah. And and if they're not, you know, so so, uh, like I picture me the way I'm feeling right now, which is I'm not like I'm struggling. Yeah. And if if George were. I mean, well, I'll just finish my thought. If George were struggling right now, I I don't, maybe it would bring out my, you know, grit and maybe it would ground me. But I, I, I my first thought was, oh, I would just, I couldn't handle it. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that I'm, I'm feeling so not resilient right now. Um, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are feeling what you're feeling right that, now. Yeah, like, I don't right. Think a lot of people. So, so, you know, I, I'm just really trying to think it through. And he's 25. Right. So he's 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 had all this time to develop tools, right, for coping, and you know he's got this relationship that he can lean into with with his girlfriend Lauren and um, and picture. And I know, I will picture actually George were 12 right now and and having a hard time. No, you know, and I really actually struggling. and it probably. I will often, if I feel like I've lost perspective, I'll get it from him. Like he, um, definitely with COVID, like he's just so calm, you know, that I will, I'll get my bearings from him now. 
Well, you know, one one interesting thing. Like if he says, I, Ma, it's okay. Ma, did I, did I, you didn't worry. Don't worry about it. Or let's do this. I'll just be like, oh yeah, for sure. Like, you know, even if, yeah, just even we were just planning, you know, try, to, trying to plan a getaway for kind of his birthday and my birthday. And even that, I just, you know, we had different options we were considering and I couldn't even make a decision. But just hearing his voice and, you know, what he has to say and what he thinks, it just, I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. That's, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, if you have to be that right now as a parent, I can appreciate how, what? Yeah. No, totally. And to that point, um, I think that, listen, here, here's what happens in therapy. If I can get a kid who's struggling, just talking, um, and we're problem solving together, mm -hmm. um, you can feel their anxiety diminish. You know what yes. I mean? So like, um, and so, you know, I, I think any of us can do that. You know, like once we can engage our kids uh, in working together to solve a problem. And sometimes if you bring something to your kid that you're going through, mm -hmm. like that's a great way around like, you know, um, approaching them with what they need to be doing. You know, because um, a lot of parents describe to me naturally, you know, like, that, you know, I'm aversive to my kid. My presence is aversive because he or she thinks as soon as when they see me, the first thing I'm going to, everything I'm going to have to say is about what they're not doing or have mm -hmm. you talked to the teacher or have you done the thing or why haven't you done this or what's this that I found in your mm -hmm. room or whatever it is, right? And, um, and so if you engage with them about something you're going through and, hey man, I appreciate you sharing that you're going through something and you know and um right now I've got enough caffeine in me where I feel fantastic <laughs> I know. um I'm but just watching uh, how much faster your processing speed is than mine <laughs> it's, it's, it's but that's all fascinating but it goes back and forth I mean right it's I don't know <laughs> has it is it gone forth <laughs> is it for is there any fourth I think there's fourth. there's back <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe there's just fourth and no back. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh lord. So yeah, but just like Julie does with George, you know, like kids, man, kids like to be experts. They do. They like to be helpful. They like to be um, respected enough that you seek out their counsel. That's a big deal to kids. Yeah. And if you never do that, then then there's you're, you're missing this massive opportunity to connect and you know what kids are really good at problem solving shit man like they are they're often better than we are they've got more flexible minds we we're, we're rigid and you know kids are can be really really thought-provoking and flexible and they'll, they'll think of things that you never thought of and I I can tell you that you know one one little thing about, you know, I, I feel like I secretly have the best job you could possibly have because I get, I, you know, I make a living talking to teenagers by and large. And every single hour I spend with a kid, I have a moment where I'm inclined to take a note or I, or I write something on my phone as soon as that kid is out of the room where it's like, oh my 
God, something they said. I never thought of that. Or yeah. that's, or I need that. I need that for my next book. That's that's yeah. genius. Like that's brilliant. I, or or I didn't know that that was even there. That that was even a thing. You know, like uh, and and thank you for introducing me to the new thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. So um, okay. So we were talking about how people are falling apart. Families are stressed. And um, did we offer any solutions? I have no idea. Well, part of it is to, to you know. Share, connect, listen. Seek counsel, right? Not... You know, and problem solve together. You know, okay, so what about. Of telling, instead, uh, what, we, what we tend to do, what we tend to do when our kids are upset is we either get angry or we get directive, <laughs> you know, because we don't want them when to be upset. When our kids are upset, angry, no, no. Sometimes. Or if oh. they're, or if they're failing in some way you know what i mean like they're not it, meaning they're not doing what we think they're supposed to be doing okay because not if they're, they're upset i don't something. think we get angry right they're upset i think well but, yeah, bite your tongue <laughs> let me let me tell you let, let me be honest with you lots of people get angry when their kids get upset oh like stop it like we provide we're providing them what could possibly be wrong we are providing you this beautiful life. We live in this great place. We worked so hard to get into this freaking school district, and you're telling me what you're depressed now? Yeah. Or you're what you're you're not gonna do your freaking homework? You're gonna just gonna sit there and stare at the thing or smoke the thing? Are you kidding me? I get it. No, I. <laughs> not to always bring it back to me, but like <laughs> I I like yeah I've been feeling really off, and I can sit here and say you know I have nothing nothing to be upset about. Well, let me tell you something, Julie. So help me. <laughs> providing you this beautiful life. We've got this beautiful place I know. we live in. You know, we've got your, your studio and you're depressed now. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not depressed. I don't know what I am. Anyway. No, I'm, I was just playing out the same. No, I, I I know. I literally, when you were saying it, I'm like, yeah. I, maybe that, there is only fourth. There's only fourth. No, I'm kidding. There's only back. There's, four, um, there's only fourth. All right. So, yeah. So, so. Uh, I, I think the more, listen, part of what you're talking about that happens with George, and again, we're not perfect at all. At all, obviously. No, who's no, we're, 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 we're totally, we're, we're deeply, deeply flawed. <laughs> this has been better. Take care. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's your point? No, no, but, but what you were saying about, like, just collaborating with him helps you. It probably helps him on some level too, right? That's probably levels him a little bit, and it feels good to be consulted. That would have been true for George ten years ago, fifteen years ago, um, seventeen years ago. You know what I mean? Like, consult your seven-year-old man. Like, you know, like anybody, any kid at any age is clever, and um, and I don't know. Just I, I think what I want people to do during this period that feels very, very tenuous in kind of a nebulous way is extend some grace to your child. Like, you know, if they're not right on top of it right now, right away, that's okay, man. This is, nobody really is. Like everyone's struggling a little bit to figure it all out still, you know? And I know this feels redundant and repetitive and you could probably go back to September 12th of last year's podcast and we're saying we, the same thing. We said the same thing, but this is, it's different now and it's been longer now and, and it's compounded. It is. Thank you. Thank <laughs> it you. is compounded for sure. Um, I, and, and I would say 
first extend some grace to yourself. Um, and then it, that might give you the capability to extend the grace to your kid, right? What does that look like, extending grace to yourself? Um, just realizing, just don't judge yourself. Like, don't freak out. Don't be afraid. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> and so that you can... Um, Fear and judgment. Those are the two things And you ego, said. yeah. Um, and then so that you can, um, you know, extend or encourage the same thing in them. Amen, amen. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fourth. Uh, the back. I'm back right forth. She said something. <laughs> okay. Um, so at the risk of overstaying our welcome, is there uh, uh, any final thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> We have emptied our that brains was all she into got. a podcast. That was all she wrote. That was all she wrote. Uh, I am going to uh, go grocery shopping. You are going to go to the studio. To the studio and create something amazing that I'm going to hang on my wall because my next CNN piece is going to make sure I'm on the air. Oh yeah, that's CNN. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe that's manifesting something that might not happen. We'll see. What? No, it's going to happen. Of course, it will happen. Okay. Hey, this is better. I'm John. That's Julie. Thanks, honey. Love you, honey. Bye. Love you. Bye.